On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen, and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around, and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. This your boy, Big Block. Eastside Chevrolet, represent Block Entertainment, the big timers. What's up, Scott? How's it going, Block? Trying to make it, baby. Another day. It's another Friday morning. Welcome, everybody, to yep. another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. Mm-hmm. Today's big topic is integrity. Yep. So for those of you who are new to the show, Block and I are good friends. Block is a three-time Grammy Award-winning music producer. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, and we're good friends. Our families uh, spend a lot of time together. Yep. He's been Taking, friends. He's been taking care of my oldest daughter in the music studio. She's been putting together uh, some music. Uh, they're getting ready to come out with an album. How's that coming? It's coming good, man. It's going very well. It's going real good. Sitting the beach, she'll be out pretty soon, y'all. Beautiful. He's a single we're working on. And Scott, you know, you know, Scott take care of my son, Malik. You know what I'm saying? He's at MSU right now. You know, Michigan State. Go green. You know what I'm saying? And Scott take care of my son. He took care of my son. It's like his son, uh, family all the way around. Malik's one of the best football players in the country. He got a full ride to Michigan State. He could have gone everywhere. I can't believe he chose Michigan State. (laughs) Snow, I don't think he uh, fully understands what he's getting himself into, but this guy was a five-star recruit, number one, one of the top defensive people. He plays safety. Gets his shoulder dislocated in his first week of practice. So he had to fly back here, and we operated on his shoulder and got him all set. And uh, he's doing well. He's going to be back in the game. I actually talked to his trainers the other day, and mm-hmm. and things are looking good. Yeah. So about so probably about the Michigan the Michigan State versus the Michigan game. He'll be back. So y'all check that out. Michigan State versus Michigan. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to let you guys know when when uh, Michigan State mm-hmm. Michigan is coming up, and make sure that we pay close attention to how yeah. Malik's doing. But he's an absolute stud. Yeah. He's an absolute gentleman. The, the kid is. Uh, he's also a supermodel. If you guys. <laughs> get to see he's got everything going on but one of the things that brought block and i together i think was we have a lot of things in common yeah. you know i think we're good people we're we're pretty accomplished in yeah. our our professional lives and it just sort of dawned on us that as different as we are as people uh we are still very similar in a lot of ways and yeah. i think Having a code, you know, how yeah. you behave is the most important thing you can have in life. You know, my father used to talk to me about having honor. Yeah. You know, that's what they used to say in the old days. You got to have honor. Yeah. That's what we call today is integrity. Yeah. That's the focus of today's show. And the and purpose the of this. I'm saying I want a blueprint of life. The blueprints of life. That's actually a great way to present this, because what we're trying to do is put people in front of you who've been successful yeah. in life and break down how it was done. You yep. know, my father used to say, if you want to be good at something, mm-hmm. find somebody who's already done yep. it and do what they do. So one of the, one of the things I remember reading uh, in my life yep. is a book called the wealth of nations by a, a guy named Adam Smith. And this was written back, back a long time ago in the 1700s. Whoa. And basically what he did was he wrote this, incredibly long book on economics, you know, how economics work. And it wasn't, it was the thing that's so great about the book was it was really just observational. And he starts at the beginning about how early on in early man, you know, you pretty much, you made your own house, you made your own food, you made your own clothes. 
And then as civilizations grew, people learned like, hey, I'm good at building houses. You're good at making clothes. Let's exchange. And then me exchanging chickens for you Mm -hmm. building my house wasn't really a good way of doing it. And so we developed money, you know, and then money. And then it goes on from there and just talks about how the world works. And one of the things that he pointed out that I thought was so crucial is that there's no real difference between individuals in terms of smarts or strength or capability. Now, I know a lot of people are out there thinking, well, there's a big difference between LeBron James and me. I mean, (laughs) but not really. In playing basketball, yes, but in living my life, raising my kids, being a good person, there's not. We really have the same abilities. And the things that really set people apart are habits. Habits are the blueprint of life, the blueprint of success. And that's what the dock and the block is all about is we intend to be bring on a whole bunch of different people from different walks of life and break down the blueprint blueprint of their life. And one of the most important things that we see from people who are successful is integrity, having a code, right? Everybody understands like you have a code. Now, We're going to look at this a little more closely. I want to use some examples from our own lives. You know, I know we all have examples in our lives where we had integrity (laughs) and things worked out. Uh, And then there are times when we we didn't have very much integrity and things don't work out. And then I also want to kind of break this down that that, uh, integrity is something that is nuanced. So, for example, living up to a code is a good thing, but only if you're supporting moral action. So... If you have a friend and he's robbing a bank, yeah. it's not really integrity to yeah. not let the authorities know that he's going to be running the bank or if he's going to go murder somebody. Code, yeah. you know, there's there's a there's a way that a code works. Yes, I look at it like this too. Like doing doing what's right when nobody's looking. That's what everybody says integrity is. You know what I'm saying? Doing the right thing. Like I was on the treadmill the other day. And the guy like he was kind of helping me, like run a run a couple of miles, because I said, you know what, man, I've never ran a ran like a, a mile straight at a certain speed. Like I normally like run like half a mile, and I break it down. I walk. He said, okay, come on, man, let's go do it. So, so we put okay, so we go on the treadmill, and so I kind of like cover my my on uh, my reading, you know, so you know, because kind of you know, like like get to me when I see how slow I'm going, or fast I'm going, he kind of turn me a little bit. So, so he didn't do that. So, so we started running. We started running. So, so we started like in like five point five, and then but remember, mine's covered up. So I kind of like started, you know, it was getting to me. So I kind of broke mine down to four point five. He kept his going to five point five. So, of course, his mind was up before mine's, and he's okay, cool. But we done. So I was there, like, damn, shit, I just got me tripping too. <laughs> I said, no, with the integrity I had and the manhood I had, I was like, no. I said, no, I still got like two more minutes to go. So I stayed on the treadmill, but I, I mean, but I made it. But that's part of of the integrity. Like even when people don't know or whatever, like that's that's part of it. And that's what these kids need to understand. Like most of the time, you have to do it when people are not looking. You have to be a man. So I, I always talk about that, that, uh, you know, when you talk about being a good teammate, when yeah. I was in, when I was in residency, you know, whenever you do other people's work and you can see it, it's yeah. like, that's not that hard yeah. to do because everybody's like, wow, look at Scott. He's doing somebody else's yeah. work. He's such a great person. But the work that really matters is in the middle of the night when you go and do yeah. it for somebody else and nobody sees it and nobody's ever going to know that you did it, yeah. but that's living up to a code. And the thing that you point out that I think is really important too is 
running on a treadmill yeah. and running a mile, it's not really that important in the grand scheme of things. But habits are habits yeah. and having integrity with the small things yeah. is important because yeah. listen, we're all human beings and we all fail. I mean, mm-hmm. I get, a, I fail every day, yep. even to this day, I don't live up to the person that I want to be, but I look in the mirror at yeah. night and I say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to try and be better. Yeah. And I, I used to be the same way when I would do my run, you know, yeah. I, my, I used to talk and I still talk to my kids about one of the things you want to do in life is not quit. Yeah. Right. Quitting, quitting is, is not going to lead to success, but you have to practice not mm-hmm. quitting. It's a habit. So yeah. I used to go on my run in my neighborhood and you know, whatever, I'm just trying to keep in shape. Yeah. I get to the end of the run and there was always a hill to the top mm-hmm. of my house. There was maybe a quarter mile straight up. Yeah. And it was very easy at the end of your run to just be like, ah, I don't feel like it today. I'm just going to walk that last little bit. But I used to say in my mind, like, I'm not going to quit. This is me practicing, not quitting. I'm going to run to that top of the hill every time. Yeah. And it's a small thing. Like, doesn't really matter in the in the grand scheme of things, not going to make me that much more healthy. But in my mind, it was huge because yeah, it was training to to not, not push you. Yeah, it was just push. training you know yeah. not to quit. Yeah. And part of living up to this code too is hard work. You know what I mean? So when you're trying to be successful in life, a lot of the times opportunity comes to you because other people yeah. see like, wow, that person looks like a hard worker and they look like they're not a quitter. And I'll give you a perfect example. This is one of the proudest moments of my life and uh, not a big deal to the rest of the world. But to me, it's huge. When I was finishing up my soccer career in college, and that's a long story we'll probably get into one day. But I went to UCLA. It was the number one team in the nation. I thought I was going to be the next Pele. And when I got to that school, I realized like God did not bless me with the skills I needed to be a pro soccer player. And it was a really tough thing because I'm 19 years old. And I just thought it was I was always the best Mm -hmm. player everywhere I went. And then all of a sudden, just like that, you're out. And it was a tough thing to accept. And I transferred to Berkeley and Mm -hmm. I got caught up in, you know, you transfer from one school to another, you get ineligibility and everything. And eventually my career just ended. And I just remember being very dejected. Like it's just, it's over. I'm done. And I was so sad. And I go back to, uh, to, to my fraternity at the time. And one of my friends is like, dude, you know, you're a good enough athlete. You could probably make the rugby team just on your athletic ability. And he's like, you know, you probably wouldn't start or anything, but you at least make the travel team. So I was like, cool, let's go do that. So in the beginning of the year, they have, uh, tryouts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's like probably hundred, 150 mm-hmm. kids out there, you know, college kids all training. Yeah. And, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm in this group of people and I, I don't even really know how to play rugby. But one yeah. thing I know how to do is work hard. Yeah. So I'm out there doing it. I'm doing my thing and I'm kind of learning and it's do this drill, do that drill. All of a sudden, Coach Clark, who's like, the you know, a god in American yeah. rugby. Man, he's still the coach to this day at UC yeah. Berkeley. Uh, he stops practice. Mm-hmm. He calls all these 150 people around him and he's like, I want everybody out here to watch Barber. Yeah. Watch how much he works. Yeah. His work rate out here is twice anybody else's work rate. For the next month, I want you guys to watch how much he eats, how much he sleeps, how much he – he said some other stuff too. I'm not going to say on the radio. So I want you guys to watch everything he's doing. Do it exactly like that. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, man, I didn't even know he knew my name. I didn't even know they knew. And the point is – you never know when yeah. people are watching you, yeah. which is why you have to have Absolutely. integrity and you have to live up to that code all the time because you never know when when uh, when things are going to yeah. be working out that way. And then as it ended, I ended up being the captain of the team. We wow. won the national championship. I made All-American. Yeah. I mean, it all worked out, but it was because in part because yeah. I lived up to this code. Yeah, the code, man, the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so a lot of kids, I got to realize, man, that uh, they have to battle – 
You're just going out there doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? Working, doing it right. I was um um one of the grandmas I was up against was um was a guy in Florida. I mean in, in um shoot, in Texas in Houston. And young Jock was my artist, and we and, and we was like, man, we we did everything almost better than everybody that year. It was like in 06, 07, and we was up for a Grammy. And like you, man, I just thought that we had it. Hey, man, we had it. But what I didn't see was rhythm, rhythm, um, the rhythm 100s and and hip hop. Those are two different categories. And this guy had a rhythm on lock. It's like more popular. And man, I thought sure I had that Grammy so good. I was down there tasting it coming home, but we came in second. Second, you know, not good enough. But I didn't stop right there. I kept on going. I ended up after that, saying I'm doing another song that came and, and was way bigger than that. But I didn't give up. It's kind of, you know, kind of what you said. And how many, how many Grammys do you have now? Three. Oh, just three Grammys. Yeah, I got three. Oh, is that it? Yeah. That's the best you could do, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's the a thing is, right? You you just never know how life is going to turn out. But I, I've been listening to this thing, this coach, this Georgia Tech coach. Yeah. You see him on social media and he's always, I, it's a, like, he's so inspirational. I want to go back and play football for Georgia. Yeah. Like maybe they got like a 10th string punter yeah. or something. I just want to be out there to listen to this guy because he has these motivational speeches and he talks about winning. He goes, yeah. you know, man, winning, it isn't loyal to you. Winning, yeah. winning doesn't care how tired yeah, you care. are. Doesn't care how yeah. sore you are. Doesn't care how you work. Yeah. Man, it isn't fair. Sometimes the other guy doesn't yeah. outwork you, and he still wins. Yeah. Why would I chase this thing called winning if it doesn't? If it's not loyal to yeah. me, it doesn't care about yeah. me. Because the only thing in life that is guaranteed, if you don't chase winning, mm-hmm. is losing. Yeah. I mean, I was I mean, like, that is amazing. That. You, get used, you know what I'm saying? You got to get, uh, get used to both of them. You know what I'm saying? Because both of them really just take you. Way, way, and 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 beyond what you expect to me, you know. Because I mean, because even when I lost the things, I, you know, what I'm saying they kind of pumped me up to win my next day. Yeah, I remember when you know? uh, I remember when I went uh, went home that summer yeah. after that that freshman year at UCLA, and mm-hmm. I was just like still stinging, like man, yeah. this is like who I am. <laughs> it's over, you know. And so I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna just train. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna be ready. I'm gonna give my best shot. So. I was working at the moving company that summer. I remember my first day on the job. I didn't get home till one o'clock in the morning. I still went on my five mile run. I mean, I still worked out at 1 a.m. And when I showed up at, um, you know, when I showed back up, I was fit, man. I mean, I was ready to go. And guess what? I still, it still didn't work out. I ended up being ineligible. I was I was out there on the field and it looked like I was going to maybe be considered for a starting position. I see the lady walking down from the, from the uh, office yeah. and she's like, yeah, Barbara's ineligible transferring from UCI. I was like, what? And it's like, wow, man, I did all this work and it didn't work out so, for me, but so you know what? So, so I'm trying to figure out why you was like that. When well, when you, you transfer, you, tra- when you get a year, right? You get a year. To, yep. Right? So I transferred and yep. then, so I'm ineligible. Okay. And then the next year, yeah. I thought I, so I appealed, but the appeal process is ridiculous. Okay. By the time you go through that, the season's over. Okay. So then the next year it's like, I'm ready to go. Now they said you're another year because it was interpack 10. Oh, and I was like, why didn't you guys yeah. say that last year? Yeah. You know, I could have appealed it then. So, I mean, listen, it's the way the world works, you know, gotcha. and, and listen, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I was a better rugby player than I yeah. was a soccer player. You know what I mean? Like God has a plan out there yeah. and uh, you know, sometimes things work out, mm-hmm. but not in the way you think. But, the, you know, in that situation, I worked out, I was training, I was ready to go, and it didn't work out for soccer. But you know what? I was super fit when the opportunity for rugby came along. So, so, so when in the life did you feel like that you didn't have integrity? 
So when I was in 10th grade, I was, you know, having the same attitude about I'm the greatest soccer player in the world, (laughs) you know, big fish in a small pool, you know. (laughs) And uh, I remember, I can't remember it so long ago, but I know I just had an attitude with the head coach. Like he was trying to get me to fold into this team concept. And I was pretty much having this attitude, like, just give me the ball. You know what I mean? Give me the ball and I'll go (laughs) score, you know? (laughs) And, you know, he was telling me, I'm asking you to, you know, he's trying to teach me about one touch passing and about being part of the entire team. And I just wasn't listening to it. And so he would pull me out and sit me down. I can remember getting so frustrated one time I took all my stuff and I, I left practice. Like I think back on it, it's like, I can't even believe I used to be like that, you know? And, um, just doing my own thing. I, you know, I played sporadically and then we got into the state championship final and I missed a penalty kick and we lost, you know, we lost the state championship. And I mean, you know, not a big deal today, but in, when I was in 10th grade, that was the worst thing that ever happened to anybody. And when I look back on it, I, you know, I try to assess my life. What happened? Well, first of all, you had a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. You weren't willing to be part of a team. You weren't willing to listen to other people who have more wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? That's another thing in life. When I was young, my parents used to teach me, why don't you do a lot less talking and a lot more listening to people who know what's going on, right? Because we were talking about this last week, right? Mm-hmm. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, yeah. but wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit yeah. salad. Like you don't know that until you have experience with it, but other people that are older, you know, they have experiences and they can share wisdom with you. And if you're young and if you can listen to that, you can benefit from it, but too, too many times. And it's normal when you're young, you're hard headed, you want to do it your way. And then you learn the same lessons that other people have learned already. And you go through pain yeah. that you could have avoided if you would have just listened to, to people yeah. with more wisdom. And that, you know, that's not to say I blindly listen to other people, but I'm open. I'm open to hearing what other people have to say. I still am. I was, uh, I was operating not too long ago and I had a medical student from Slovakia who was shadowing me and I really love this kid. He's in residency now in orthopedics. He's, he's everything that I think is great in a person. He's smart. He's hardworking. He's got lots of integrity, lives up to the code. You know, he does what he says he's going to do. And, uh, he was, uh, I was in an operating room. I was doing something and I was having trouble getting into the inside compartment of the knee. It was tight. And he's like, you know, if you take a needle and you just kind of stab the medial collateral ligament a bunch of times, it'll loosen up enough that you can open up. And I was kind of like, huh, now here I am, one of the most highly trained sports medicine doctors on the planet. And this kid is a medical student from Slovakia, but I was open to listening to what he had to say. And sure enough, I took that needle. I started doing what he said to do. It opened up and I was like, wow, because I still, you know, I know I'm, I'm experienced and everything, but I still had enough humility. I don't know. I know. I don't know everything. You know what I mean? And you can learn from anybody. And that's another sort of template for life is, you know, being open to always learning, always growing. You're never at the finish line. You know, I was, yeah, I, I was, um, you know, a guy asked me yesterday, he said, Block, like when you put your studio in the middle of the hood, and I had put like a like a million dollar studio in like 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 the middle of zone six in Atlanta. And I was like, man, listen, when I was coming up, all I had was bad examples. Now I look at it was bad examples now. Now I look at it. You know, you see number robbers, you see number uh pimps, you saw nothing but gangsters. And you know, that's the way I like to sum. But I was like, you know what? If I saw something different, I would have chased something different. And I said, so 
when I get a little money, I'm going back to my neighborhood, which is Kirkwood in Atlanta, Zone 6. I said, I'm going to put something down for these kids and say, you know what? When they got the school bus, I want to go over there. And that's what I did. I bought a building. I paid like 300 some thousand for the building. It was probably worth probably 100000 at the time. But but I ended up selling it for way full time more than that. But um, if I never if I never went through what I went through as a life coming up rough, trying to be the next sweet dad on the corner, then I want to put a million out of studio where Jay Z came, Puff Daddy came, uh, Beyonce. I go on and on to great managers and great producers and great writers. That was an example. So now, so now, and, and then it was the school right up the street that, you know, like, like when the kids got the school bus, they came and hung around the fence just to see who they saw. But that kind of changed the whole neighborhood look of, okay, we could be a rapper, we could be a writer, we could be studio exec, we could do whatever we want to do. And that's kind of like what I put back into my neighborhood. Cause I said, and I saw, like, you know what? It's more in the hood and the more people in the hood that can really help if they just, Come to come and just give an example. And that's what you was doing. Like you gotta be an example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that really attracted to me, tr- attracted me to you yeah. in the beginning was your passion to give back to your community. Gotcha. And I mean, when we talk about the Doc and the Block podcast, I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about this thing for like three years. Yeah. And you know, you're just for the audience, I mean, Block's been on my case. Come on, let's go, let's go. Yeah, we're we're times. losing kids right now. Yeah. And you know, I was more like, okay, but we got to get a plan. We yep. got to have a strategy. We got a business plan. I got things to do. Uh-huh. Uh, but I always appreciated that Block is passionate about this. This is not, you know, we do this podcast well, because because we just want to yeah. be a positive influence on our community. And we think about what what would have helped me when I was, you know, in middle school, when I was coming up and That's and what cool. did help me that other people don't have. A lot of what Block and I were thinking about, why do we want to do the Doc and the Block podcast? It's when we look around the world today, look, look around our country, these cities, there are so many people that have lost integrity. Yeah. There's no code anymore. We see people blasting into stores and stealing things and mm-hmm. nobody really even bats an eye about it. We're the latest on crime spikes in some of America's largest cities. Shocking acts of deadly violence in L.A. and New York have raised alarms about crime, homelessness and mental health. Just after 930 this morning, police say a man pushed an Asian woman into a moving train, killing her. Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas has a story. Good morning, Pierre. George, good morning. As the nation struggles with a recent surge in violence, there have been a number of tragic attacks by strangers targeting victims that they did not know in two of our nation's biggest cities. And it's raising uncomfortable questions about the randomness of violence in this country. Police say the suspect identified last night as Sean Lavelle Smith can be seen here in the surveillance video casually shopping in a city store. Authorities saying he's wanted in connection with the murder of Brianna Kupfer. Police say he should be considered armed and dangerous. And a total of five juveniles shot today in separate shootings in a matter of hours throughout the city. One of them was killed. The latest shooting around 420 this afternoon in West Pullman. Chicago police say a 16-year-old boy and an 11-year-old girl were walking near 122nd and Low when someone pulled up and fired shots. They were both taken to Comer Children's Hospital in good condition. 
At around 1.15 this afternoon, a 15-year-old boy was shot in Westtown. He was taken to Stroger Hospital in critical condition and later died from his injuries. Police say the teen was walking in the 800 block of North Greenview when someone came up to him and fired shots. In the other attack, the first two teenage victims were shot just after noon today in West Englewood. Police say a 16-year-old boy and a 17-year-old girl were walking in the 6500 block of South Paulina when shots were fired from a black car. The homicide rate in Philadelphia is already soaring higher than this time last year. Today alone, another teen could have lost his life. Neighborhood surveillance video shows teens with backpacks on, hanging out before the bell rings at Frankfurt High. But instead of a bell, at 7.55 a.m., they watch a white car roll down the alleyway near Oakland and Fillmore streets and then hear the terrifying sound of at least four close-range gunshots. Their 18-year-old classmate on the ground. According to police, the teen is in stable condition. Miraculously, no one else was hurt. This shooting, less than a block from the high school. There's violence uh, all across our cities, and we want to show these kids there's a better way. There's another way to do something that really will lead to success, to happiness, and to better communities. Yeah, you know, it's a code, too. You 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 know, like speaking on codes, sometimes when people come in your neighborhood or when you see other kids doing something crazy in your neighborhood. Sometimes people turn their eye. Um, like I said, you know, I'm from that type of neighborhood. I'm from, you know, with people like closed mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, but right now, I mean, it's like somebody have to say something. I mean, regardless if you, if you, if you put together a crew yourself within your hood or within your neighborhood, you have to have somebody go over there and say, "Listen, man, we're not doing that over here." You know, say we're not. You know, we're going to build up some strong backbone people. It's okay, cool. You know, this neighborhood is ran by us who live in it, and we're not going to let you mess up our neighborhood. Yeah, and you know you're, not, you're not somebody who's just talking from an ivory tower too, right? You, I mean, <laughs> Block, Block always tells a story that blows my mind away. That the first time he ever had his own bed was when he went to prison when you were 17 years 17 old, and years you old. still turned your life around, and you're as successful yeah. as you could be. Listen. And Block is one of the best people I know. I mean, you guys can't see what he's like behind the scenes, but my daughter's going to a horseback riding show. Block drives two hours down to go yeah. support her. Family. I mean, he's you know building studios in the mm-hmm. middle of his hood. Yeah. All of these types of things that's giving back. But in order for the world to turn, we need lots of people to yeah. do it. And we also just need people to understand that, you know, you feel like you want a stereo or something. You're just going to blast into a store and go steal it from somebody else who paid for that. You're stealing from somebody yeah. else. And you think that's going to give you some joy in the short run. It's not going to give you long-term yeah. joy. Service to others, setting up and living to a moral code and understanding that there's a higher purpose. Those are the things that really matter in life. And those are the things that are going to lead to yeah. success to success. You know, and the other thing is you have to have courage to do this, man. Turning a blind eye, that's the easy thing to yep. do. And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most courageous guy in the world. I mean, I've turned a blind eye to stuff before yep. too, but I will tell you one time when um, I was in college and we were going to some party, there was a bunch of guys on the bus and uh, there was a big guy behind me that was kind of picking on somebody in front of me. Mm-hmm. And um you know, it's just being mean. He was yeah. poking at this guy and this kid was really small yeah. and, you know, he was trying to have fun, but this guy was just kept yeah. talking trash to him. And I turned around and I was kind of like, why don't you leave him alone? He's just trying to mm-hmm. have a good time. And next thing you know, this guy punches me in the face and he and I are yeah. going at it. Next thing you know, he and I are in the emergency room getting yeah. all sewn up and everything. And, and, um, 
then this guy's telling me, hey, listen, my girlfriend's going to be really mad that I started this fight. So can you tell her that it was your fault? <laughs> and I just remember sitting there thinking like, man, I would have been better off. Um, I would have been better off just minding my own business and not saying anything. Sometimes I feel that way. But then on the other yeah. hand, I was practicing standing up for yeah. people who can't stand up for themselves yeah. and practicing having courage. And maybe that's not like the greatest example of it, yeah. but it's like, you got to constantly be trying to live up to this code, you know? And even when you fall short, that doesn't mean tomorrow can't be a better day. Yeah. I was telling, um, that's another lecture I was giving the kid, you know, a lot of people from, you know, like from tough neighborhoods, you know, they, they, um, you know, I was telling them, I was like, listen, sometime when you see a hood or you see a neighborhood that people don't want to go down, like, you know, said people don't want to mess with because they got a strong backbone inside the neighborhood. And that's going back to what I was saying earlier. We have to build within ourselves. No matter what we are, we have to build within ourselves. But I'm, I mean, but I'm always going back to the hood because that's what I know. And I was telling him, I was like, think about it. If you go down this certain street, you never see nothing goes on on that street. I said, you know why? He said, no, why? I said, because they have a bunch of men, grown men, that grew up on the blueprint of integrity, respect, honor, some more things, thinking, okay, look, we're going to come together on this street, and we're going to make sure we run all them knuckleheads off our street. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to come over here and and run down our neighborhood and then go back across the street. No, we're going to make sure we're going to build a band of brothers. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, this not happening over here. That's that's a strong neighborhood to me, you know. Yeah, and I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is one of the major yeah. points that got us inspired to put together the Doc in the Block show mm -hmm. is putting together community, yeah. right? The first community is your family. Yeah. You know, you depend on your family, you defend your family, you support your family, but then your friends in your community. And I think you and I both have just been very frustrated yeah. with the concept that elected politicians yeah. are going to solve our problems. They're not going to yeah, solve our are. problems. We're going to solve our problems. Yeah. And that Start really is what got us motivated was this is our city. This is our state. This is our town. We're yeah. going to take it and we're going to, we're going to help, help people grow yeah. and we're going to form community and provide opportunity. And I think one of the things that, that you and I both agree on is our, our motto yeah. on this program, which is no excuses, no excuse. right? Everybody's got a story, yeah. right? Everybody's got a cross. Oh, I can't do it. Cause I'm not big enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I didn't, you know, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have a mom. I don't uh -huh. have a dad, I, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like everybody in the planet has a cross to bear. Everybody's struggling, but you know what? You can make it in this world if you have a code, yeah. if you have integrity, if you work hard, and you just got to tell yourself no excuses, yeah. right? It well, doesn't listen to y'all. We tell we our kids, listen. we tell our kids, listen, even if you feel like somebody's in your way, so mm -hmm. what? You can't quit, yeah. go around them, you yeah. know? And the reality is, is that there are a lot of generous, good people out there yeah. from all walks of life. And you need to surround yourself with those good people. And that's what leads to a successful life an honorable life yeah. and something that you can be proud of and also opportunity to reach your dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does a guy that was in prison at 17 years old end up with three Grammys? Hey, God, honestly, man, understand my flight, my flight. And what I mean by that is understand what I've been through. Um, understanding the seeds that I, that I took. And, um, cause you know, like, like growing up, you know, you get certain seeds that you, that you, um, that grows within you, like sitting back watching others. 
You know what I'm saying? Like being quiet. You don't need to be talking. So you know what I'm exactly. So watching others, yeah. listening to the example of those who came before us. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I I came to God late in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, I was kind of more like, well, I think, you know, religion is responsible for all the wars yeah. and, you know, it causes a lot of strife. But then when I became a doctor and started seeing that there are people in this world that have problems yeah. that are are so massive that only God can, can give them, give them the strength to go on, can show them the way I know in my own life. Once I found faith, it gave me courage and strength to be able to move on. And I'm still figuring it out, right? You're still figuring it out. I don't have all the answers, but that's what we're going to be talking about on the doc and the block podcast is we're going to be bringing people on who've been successful in life. And we're going to figure out the answers of how to get through this life and live a happy, fulfilling, prosperous life and to reach our dreams. And we want to share that with you guys. How do you, how do you succeed in life? We're going to be talking about it here on the Doc and the Block. Yeah, man, the blueprints of life, how we see it, how we sew up. There's a new blueprints of life. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. This is uh, the Doc and the Block podcast. We're going to be here every week talking about new strategies for succeeding in life. Everybody have an awesome weekend. Yeah, man, if y'all trying to figure it out, man, y'all come here every week. Doc and the Doc, Big Block, IG is... B-I-G-B-L-O-C-K-E-S-C. And I'm Scott Barber, orthopedic surgeon in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll see you next time on the Doc and the Block podcast. Yeah.